What's up? Happy Saturday. It is Arrowhead Pride's best of the week. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and we are bringing you the best of the Arrowhead Pride podcast network for week four, heading into the Chiefs' Sunday game against the Philadelphia Eagles. We, of course, will start with Monday's Out of Structure, as Ron Kopp and Matt Stagner want you to know that last week's loss was not on the defense. We continue with my editor show, myself and John Dixon, our marinated takeaways from the game. That's at the 10-minute mark. We continue with the Great British Chief Show as we take our first look at the Philadelphia Eagles around the 30-minute mark. Show and BK are after that around minute 40. When the Chiefs have the ball, what do they have to do against the Philadelphia Eagles? And we end with a portion of our interview series with Evan Washburn, the CBS Sports sideline reporter who will be on this game. What are the Chiefs' storylines to know heading into this crucial get-right game? against the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's get started, of course, with the guys from Out of Structure. This is Sourhead Pride's Best of the Week. They're, this Chiefs team, though, is just as close to 3-0 and as they are to 0-3. There have been three tough games, three games that could have gone either way based on a handful of plays. Here we sit 1-2. and two. It's not where you want to be, but it's week three. Yep, and we've seen these Andy Reid teams – really succeed in September and it's really just weird to see them not succeed in September, but there's always a bad stretch from an Andy Reid team in the season. It happens every single year, even when they're winning like last year, there was, there was a, there was a pretty ugly stretch of play down the, down the end of the season. I think we could all agree. And so it is, it is kind of, it is kind of funny to, to kind of overreact like this. Uh, but I think that's just part of being a fan and, and we appreciate you guys sending in your questions. We're going to get to another one right now and start getting deep more into this game. Uh, you know, real quick, just to, just to say it, so in case you missed it somehow, the Chiefs did lose to the Chargers, 30-24, to 24, Arrowhead in week three. Chargers improved to 2-1. and one. Chiefs are 1-2. and two. Uh, Chiefs are last place in the AFC West by themselves. Uh, but to get specifically into this game, let's start, let's start uh, playing the blame game a little bit. Uh, from Learn Black History at Don's Politics on Twitter, he asks, do you blame the offense or the defense? I think he's meaning for this game specifically. Me personally, it's the offense can have, he says five turnovers. I, I think it's just four. Uh, if I, I, I believe it's just four, but Stags, just give me a little bit, just give me a, probably a minute or two. I'm just going to kind of go on a little bit of a rant, hopefully not too big a rant. Um, but here's the thing, guys, I'm going to preface this by saying the defense has not been great. It's not been good. It's, it's been bad. The defense is bad. No doubt about it. There's been no pass rush. Linebackers have been pretty crap without Willie Gay. Secondary, especially yesterday, was could not cover a single person. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen terrorized the secondary. That's all true. The defense has not been good. They need to be better. That said, we should never have expected the defense to carry this team. The defense should not be winning this team games. And it just seems like some of us are kind of expecting that for whatever reason. We are an offensive juggernaut. This is an offensive team. This is a team that needs to be carried by the offense. You have supposedly the best quarterback in the entire NFL. You have supposedly the best play caller in the NFL. You have supposedly the best wide receiver, the best tight end in the NFL. That should result in more wins in these late game situations, not four turnovers, not in a stretch of series between the Ravens game and the, in the Chargers game, five turnovers in six series. That's crazy. That's insane. So real quick, let's break it down real quick on the defense. They allowed a season low in first downs, total yards, and only 77 rushing yards yesterday. 
To start the game, they forced a three and out. Guess what the offense does on the next drive? Interception. The next drive, the defense forces another punt. The offense gets the ball at the 50-yard line and then fumbles it and gives the ball back. And eventually, obviously, they score a touchdown. The offense fumbled on third possession, too. Okay. The, the defense played pretty well at the beginning of the game. First drive of the second half, they forced a three and out. Last, obviously, week one, it didn't matter because the defense forced an interception. Good on them. But they had a chance to seal the game with three minutes left, and they, and they had to punt. Week two, they fumbled the ball away out by, with Clyde. And then, obviously, this week, with two minutes and 14 seconds left, they get the ball tied. All they need is a field goal. They could just wind down the clock, get a field goal. Touchdown be awesome. They can't even get three plays without throwing an interception. This is where I'll come off the soapbox. I just want to get that ran out. But I just cannot imagine, I could not fathom watching that game yesterday and thinking that the defense needed to do more to help and win that game. The defense did everything you could expect against a good Chargers offense, one of the best young quarterbacks in the entire NFL, and they, the offense could not get it done. They need to. They are an offensive juggernaut, and they need to finish these games more. Stags, I'll hand it off to you. Is there anything you want to react on that, on that sense of blaming the, the offense more for this loss than the defense? Whew. Take a deep breath, Ron. Take a bow. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's exactly that. That's exactly how I feel about it. If you if I told you before this game that the Chiefs would hold the the Chargers to seventy seven yards rushing on a three and a half per carry average, Justin Herbert would have under three hundred yards passing, um, and the Chiefs would run for one hundred eighty six yards on six point two yards per carry. You you would think that the Chiefs win this game nine times out of ten, if not more. I thought this tweet from Matt Derrick yesterday, I just saw it pop up in my timeline again. And it's if you read this tweet with no other context, not knowing how this game ended, what do you think would have happened? Matt Derrick says, it's 24 to 24. The Chiefs' red zone nightmare is over. They held a team to a field goal. Very timely defense. Patrick Mahomes now has 214 left to win the game. You would feel pretty good about where this game ended up. Uh, if you give Patrick Mahomes the ball back with 2.14 left on the clock, they weren't out of timeouts. They weren't in a rush. Uh, they literally just turned the ball over and, and gave this one away. It happens. I hate to see it happen two weeks in a row, but I, I don't know what we expect from this team coming into this season. You know, you, A lot of people will point to the final score and say, well, the Chargers scored 30. This is a, another week where they gave up more than 30 points. They wouldn't have scored 30 had the had Mahomes not thrown an interception with two minutes less than two minutes left in the game. They, that should have been the drive that ended the game this week, just like there should have been a drive that ended the game last week. Uh, both of those games should have ended up dramatically differently. Um, and it's all based on untimely turnover and bad plays on the offensive side of the ball, unfortunately. So, so yeah, you can't blame one side. It, it's a team, it's a absolutely a team effort. They lost because they didn't make enough plays on both sides of the ball. The defense, I'll say, they definitely could have gotten at least one more stop in the red zone, and, and maybe they could have forced a turnover. Um, those two things would have been helpful. In fact, my favorite stat of the week came from Nick Wright on a, on a pretty epic rant that he had on the air. He talks about what are the odds of winning if you're minus four in the turnover category. So it, when you're minus four – in NFL history, um, you have a 0.54% chance of winning. Uh, so so that's, not, that's not 54%. I'm talking half of a percent in NFL history 
half a percent chance of winning if you're minus four in the turnover category. Taking it a step further, if you have no takeaways, it's even worse. It's 0.44% of the time in history. No takeaways and you're minus four, uh, 0.44% of the time. Uh, the numbers are, are ridiculous. It is, it is, you know, 33 wins against 741 losses when you're in the turnover ratio that the Chiefs were this week. Yes, Mahomes does unprecedented things. Yes, this team should be better than that. But when you turn the ball over, you lose. Podcast over. <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs> no, I and I, I just want to make the quick point, too. The fact that the defense only gave up 30 points when there's four turnovers, especially three right off the bat, that's actually credit to the defense. With that high power of an offense, if you're giving them four turnovers – they should be scoring a lot more than that, honestly. I think I, I just think that even points more to how the defense actually held their end of the bargain down. And and like I said, I just we cannot expect this defense to win this team games. It was never supposed to be like that. This defense just needs to be good in situation situations. And I get it, they haven't been. The red zone, they've been awful. Fourth down, they've been awful. They've given up five for six on fourth downs this year. And and and, and offenses, Hitchens talked about this last last night, actually. The offenses are going for more fourth downs because they know they can't just give the ball back to Mahomes. The defense needs to be better in those situations, knowing that, and they haven't been. At the same time, this off it, it, this team is built around the offense. I already said it, so I don't need to go into it again. But this team is built around the offense. The offense needs to win this team games, and if they're not going to, then this team's not going to win a lot of games. But the off that but that's the whole thing. It's turnovers right now. That's easily correctable, and so that's why it's it, it it's hard to be sky is falling kind of right now. But some of you all are. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon coming off the Chiefs' second loss in a row. It doesn't even make sense to say. 30-24 to 24 to the L.A. Chargers. We've now had two days to think about it. John, as I always do, I'll let you take the first marinated takeaway from this game. Yeah, after the game was over, I, I uh, in my piece after the game, I wrote some about... Uh, Actually, the last two games, I wrote about how uh, passer rating is a very predictive stat. But the other one that's really predictive for winning and losing is turnovers. And I think what we have seen in the Chiefs' three games so far is a unbelievably uncharacteristic string of games. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs were eighth in turnover margin last year, seventh in 2019, sixth in 2018, Second in 2017. Overall, during the time that Andy Reid has been the Chiefs head coach, this is from 2013 through 2020, the Chiefs are number one in turnover margin over those eight seasons. Right, right. And right now, three games into this season, they are 26th in turnover margin. And here's another thing, too, um, that I think found interesting about the game. Uh the Chiefs have played in their history 36 games where they've had a turnover margin of minus four as they did on Sunday or less. You know, uh, they've given up more turnovers than they've than they've picked up. In every one of those games, the Chiefs lost. Just one of those games was a Chiefs victory. So that tells you what you're up against. Uh, when you're in a situation like that where you've given up four turnovers and haven't brought any in of your own. 
it makes it very difficult to win the game. And uh, the Chiefs have rarely done it in their history, and they they didn't do it on Sunday. But even at the end of the game, they were in it and had a chance to win without that last turnover. So um, I think that tells you something not only about how unusual this situation is for the Chiefs yeah, uh, and the likelihood that it'll change to the better here in the next few games, but also how good the, the Patrick Mahomes is that in a situation like that, that he could actually be in a position to uh, to come back and win in the in the final drive of the game. Yeah, I agree with you here. I think it actually, and I'll be careful here to say it, but it's actually impressive that the Chiefs were down 4-0 turnover-wise mm-hmm. and were in position to win by one point. That's yeah. incredible, really, yeah. in, in the sense of you have this margin and, and you put that margin in any game across the league. It might be a blowout, especially if the team is able to take advantage and you should not even be sniffing a chance to win it with mm-hmm. two minutes to go like the Chiefs were. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. And so the turnovers cost them. And, and Eric Bieniemy had noted, look, you change that. It's a, it's a completely different situation, but it is what it is. They are a one and two team because of the turnovers. And I, I think, and this was my point that I'll you know parlay into yours, John. I think you're seeing a shift in strategy of how to play the Chiefs. We know about the aggressiveness, but after that Tyreek Hill 75-yard touchdown, completely changed the Cleveland Browns chances. What you're seeing teams do is make sure that Tyreek Hill has extra attention and really taking out the deep ball altogether. And they say, you know what? If the Chiefs want to methodically check down to Travis Kelsey, run screens, run orchestrated plays for McCole Hardman and beat us in 10 to 12 plays, well, that'll give us 10 to 12 chances to turn the football over. And it worked. Right. It, it, it worked. Um, you're not really seeing the, the deep, deep gains, but the, the defense is leaving room for the Chiefs to play underneath. And then when Tyree kills are coming across, that gives you a, an opportunity to knock the ball out. When uh, Clyde Edwards, Elaire is about 10 yards in front of the line of scrimmage as you're tackling him, that gives you another chance to potentially turn it over. And so I think that there is a recipe. What's wild about this is the recipe is very, very hard to execute and succeed with. The weird thing is we've seen outliers two weeks in a row. And so that Mm -hmm. has led to panic city. And I just think we just need to relax because it's very hard to pull this off. Even though it's happened twice in a row, it's very hard to win this way. And like a team like the Eagles shouldn't, I, I, I say it every week, seemingly, and I'm wrong every week. But the Chiefs should blow this team out of the water next week. Yeah, even with what has happened the, the past two weeks, we'll we'll see if we'll see if that happens. But you, you saw that what the the Cowboys were able to do to the Eagles on Monday Night Football. That should happen again, and and I I will predict and I believe it will because eventually we're going to be right here. Yeah, and going back to your point about uh, taking Hill out of the game, if you're putting two guys on Hill to take him out of the game. Well, that means that if he gets a pass, as he did on Sunday, there's a guy who's tackling him, and there's another guy trying to push the ball out. You know, that actually makes it easier to force that turnover on Hill uh, when you're double-covering him that way. And Hill, Hill to, to, to his point, and I don't, I don't blame him for this, but Tyree Kill, if you watched, he is not a player who gets the pass on the sidelines and embraces contact. A lot of times he'll duck out. And mm-hmm. not to say that I, I blame him because what is a yard or two going to do, especially if you're past the first down marker, you'd rather have right. Tyreek Hill healthy because he's so key. But that mm-hmm. it, that's on film, too. If you can just surround Hill with two guys and he kind of sees, look, I might 
be able to get maybe two, three more yards out of this. He just ducks out, and and it is what it is, but that's a part of his game. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I agree. I agree. All right, John, what is your next takeaway? Well, um, I thought that Edward Zolaire started looking like the guy we drafted on uh, Sunday. I mean, yeah. we've seen spurts of this during his rookie season where he would uh, dart through the line. But what I saw on Sunday uh, was a guy that not only got 100 yards on the ground, the stats were great, 5.9 yards per carry. That Everybody would be happy with that if that's what we had from Edwards Zolaire all the time. But he looked the part. I thought so after the game, and the more I think about it, the more I think that that's right, that he looked like a guy who can get that job done. And I think it's also important to note that because he was doing that, the Chiefs were able to run the ball a lot more often than they have in the other games that they've played this season. On Sunday, they had 30 rushing plays versus 46 uh, passing plays. That's actually a fairly high percentage of rushing plays for the Chiefs. And I think it. I think Andy Reid would have said after the game, we wanted to to use the rushing more in this game right. uh, to keep the the offense from you know getting crazy. Uh, that that was part of our strategy, and they were able to make it work because Edward Zolaire was doing it. He was he was finding the holes when they were tackling him. He was dragging people down the field to get extra yards. You love to see that from running back. I I thought he looked great on Sunday. You saw some of the questioning uh, after the game with Clyde Edwards Zolaire, and was there an emphasis to put more on the run game? No, it, it was what the Chargers were doing, and which a lot of teams are going to be doing is taking the deep region away what I just was talking about. And when they do that, you got to be willing to run mm-hmm. the football and the chiefs are and, are and take what they'll give you, which is another thing that Mahomes has been a lot better at this year. Right. It's, it's crazy because there are little intric- intricacies where the chiefs are better, but they just have not translated to wins. Right. So <laughs> it's hard to compliment on them on that yeah. type of things. My next one, uh, my second one here, bear with me. Because uh, okay, I think we might just be focused a little too much on the on the red zone defense. And I tried to explain this a little bit after the game. I tried to explain it, my thought process here on the on the radio this morning. I I think so. Right now, the Chiefs are eleven of twelve. They were able to finally get a red zone stop after eleven in a row trips that ended in a touchdown. That's not good. I'm not saying that whatever that you shouldn't be concerned about that because at some point. Down the road, again, there's going to be an opportunity to win a game with a red zone stop, and the Chiefs are going to need to do that. What I mean here is, so you're talking 11 of 12. I don't know what the percentage is of that, but it's it's high. What is it, 90? It's got to be 90-something. I I don't know, 90 whatever percent. It's above 90, yeah. Now, you get, even right now, I mean, it's early in the season, you're able to muster up two or three red zone stops where you're holding them to a field goal on next game, all of a sudden, you're approaching the 20s in the league. You do that the next game, you're probably you know 50% in the league. It's not going to take a lot of red zone stops because just in general, it is hard to stop teams from scoring touchdowns in the red zone. We're only losing sight of that because the number is a ridiculous 100%. Right. What I think is becoming more important for Kansas City in the way that teams are playing them is the opposing 25 and the 50. And what I mean by this is... Once you're in the in, within the 20 yard line, a lot of times you're scoring touchdowns anyway. Now you're seeing teams across the board. It's not just John Harbaugh in Baltimore who has done this forever against every team. It's Cleveland. It is L.A. where you're seeing teams go for it on fourth and nine in your territory. 
And so what you can do is if you're able to get stops, and we saw at the beginning of the game for the Chiefs, pin them deep in a, in a touchback fashion, and then you really have 25 yards where you're in three down territory because we have seen a drastic change in football period against the Chiefs now mm-hmm. whenever a team is able to get past the 50. It's a lot harder for Brendan Staley to go and say, okay, it's fourth and four, but we're on our own what, 37. Can we really afford to go for this? Mm-hmm. You probably right. can't. Now you're on the Chiefs 37? Easy decision. So yeah. what's more important? Is it the red zone defense where more often than not you're going to surrender points? Or is it this magical window, which we don't even have a name for, in Kansas City between the 25 and the 50? <laughs> to me, that's <laughs> the new point of emphasis for the Chiefs right. because of this insistence on going for it on fourth down. You know, you and I had a brief conversation about this the other day, and and I'll I'll make the point now that I made then that the whole concept of the red zone as being from the twenty yard line is kind of arbitrary. If you go right. back and look at the history of this thing, there was a statistician for the Broncos who just kind of picked that number out of the air. Let's start keeping track of how we do uh, inside the twenty yard line, both on offense and defense, and it's become this thing that uh, that people hold up as this big standard. And it's right. not that there's no value in the statistic, but really, what it, the if you're going to choose a spot where it ought to be something we keep track of, it ought to be around the 30, 35-yard line. That is the point where you can no longer kick a field goal. More than the you red know? area for me, like to me, what I'm most worried about the defense right now, I like red, yeah, exactly, red area seems meaningless. What matters to mm-hmm. me right now is, on fourth and short, when these damn mm-hmm. teams are insisting that you that they go for it, you have right. to stop. You have to start mm-hmm. getting some stops because that'll be put on tape. And then all of a sudden, teams won't be doing that so much anymore because it's going to lead to swings. And then in that 25 to 50, just present the prevented the, the shoot decision altogether, prevent the decision from altogether because no way is a team going to want to go for it on fourth and five from their own 28 yard line. Right. So early down, early drive stops to me are are imperative at this point in the new fashion. The teams are playing the Chiefs. Right. I agree. And and going back to your point, I think that 30, 35 yard line is the point where it becomes a no brainer decision for an opposing team to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. And the same uh, should be the same should be for Kansas City because of the other Mm -hmm. reason, because the offense is so good. Uh, and mm-hmm. and we are seeing Andy Reid, I think, lean into that more. He wasn't when Mahomes first took over. He certainly yeah. wasn't in the Alex Smith days. But now I think the messaging has gotten across. You have Mike Frazier, the analytics guy for the Chiefs. He's probably like, Andy, you know, it's probably like 67 <laughs> percent if we go for this, you know, to as far as winning, winning the game. And at that point, you're like two thirds. That's that's I- enough. I would not want to have Mike Frazier's job to be to be finding all those nuggets all the time and whispering no, in Andy's Reed, ear about with it. Your twenty-one years of experience, you're yeah. incorrect here. Just so yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and I have the numbers there... to prove it in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, John, your your final takeaway, marinated takeaway from this game. Yeah, um, you know, after the uh, the Ravens game, I was making the point that uh, you know, giving up a lot of rushing yards isn't a big deal in the NFL. Um, there's a lot of teams that focus on rushing the ball and they can have success just like Marty Schottenheimer's chiefs did in the early nineties. And you can win a lot of games that way, but you can't do well against really good teams that way. 
And that's why, uh, you know, why the Chiefs would love to be better against the run. They can afford to give up rushing yards and still be in a position to win a whole lot of ball games. They've done that uh, since uh, Alex, uh, since uh, Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. Not since Alex Smith was the quarterback, since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. Um, but they cannot afford to give up as many passing yards and uh, as many touchdowns as they did against the Chargers on Sunday. That is something that they cannot do. That's something they got to fix. Uh, I'd even put that up higher than uh, than the, the, the red zone issue for the very reasons that you mentioned, Pete, uh, is, is they got to need to get those stops done earlier. And that comes from being better against the pass. And on Sunday, they just weren't. Travis Ward Appreciation Day. Uh, yeah. You know, we yeah. we sort of, I wouldn't say poo-poo is the right terminology, but we kind of just overlook what Ward mm-hmm. means to this team. It was a, a little bit of a surprise to be out in this game. We thought he might end up playing. He was injured, and then Rashad Fenton goes down, and then you're down to Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker in his first action. I thought Baker looked pretty good, but again yeah. – um, he, he got the penalty called on him. I didn't agree with it. I don't think it cost the Chiefs the game. I think it was more the four turnovers, which we talked about already. Uh, but yeah, you, you'd like Ward to be there. I think that Ward-Hughes-Sneed combination is where the Chiefs are throwing their confidence. I, I think Baker did put some good tape out there. We'll see if he now pushes for more playing time, maybe over uh, a Hughes. But the, the more healthy cornerbacks, goes without saying, the better the Chiefs are going to be. Um. All right. Uh, my final takeaway here is just a, a reality on the AFC. And <clears throat> I think the 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 takeaway that I have about the playoffs, it's like it's so early. But one of the things we discussed on this podcast was how these games count just as much as week 16 and week 17, where the playoffs are right in front of you. And I thought the Chiefs right now, and this is the only thing they've lost, in my opinion, they've made their road way more difficult when it comes to clinching a bye week because you already have two Mm -hmm. losses. You know, we think that that team is probably going to be around 13 and four, if not 14 and three. So now you've given yourself one or two losses of margin for error and your two losses have come against teams that could be ahead of you. If the Chargers win the division, that's obvious they're ahead of you. If the Ravens can find a way to continue winning, they're going to be up for that AFC bye. They already have the head-to-head tiebreaker. And then, you know, the AFC record right now is one and two. It's your exact record. And so you've hurt yourself for the bye. Now, here's the good thing. The two teams that are undefeated in the conference are the Raiders. And let's let's chill on the Raiders. They won two overtime games. If everyone is saying, okay, the Chiefs could be 3-0, and the Raiders could easily have the same record as the Chiefs. Whenever you play in overtime, you never know how that's going yeah, to go. So if, right. you get the, mm-hmm. if you get the ball first, you score a touchdown, you went the other team, you have to have it. We know that well mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Yeah. So, so <laughs> to me, and, and guess what? You already have two games left with the Raiders. You can give them those two losses that you've already suffered. So that's fine to me. And the Broncos have just had the easiest schedule known to man. They're the other undefeated AFC team. So the good thing here, if you're looking for bright sides, is there's a lot of season left in front of you. You can still give both the Raiders and the Broncos the two losses to make that up. You can take care of that. Uh, yourself and to me every other team in the AFC has one loss already and that is a little bit lucky considering your real slow start but if the Chiefs just just can put three or four wins together and all of a sudden you turn around and you're five and two with a win included against the Buffalo Bills you're feeling a lot better about the season because of the way things have sort of played out I know this is going to sound weird 
But if you're picking undefeated teams that you'd want to be undefeated at this point, the Broncos and Raiders are pretty good good teams to pick because you, <laughs> for the most part, own them. Yeah. Own them. And and what I'm saying is, is it's all right there. Like I said, I think playoff buy is now going to be interesting no matter what because you have to be clearly the best team in the conference. And these games that can go either way, typically if you're going to be the buy team, you have to get those games and the chiefs have surrendered these close games. So now it's, can you start piling up these wins, put yourself back in, in better position and play yourself back into that. But I I think it, like I said, it's, it's a grand messaging of there are so many reasons to feel good about the team. If they clean up the turnovers, that's a step forward. And there's just so much football to go and things have played out in a way where you can still kind of get yourself back into this. Yeah, I think you're making. Yeah, I think you're making really good points here. I I would, I would be a little cautious about the Raiders and the Broncos at this point. I mean, you're absolutely right. The Chiefs will have the opportunity to make up those, those, uh, those games against those two teams because they play them twice, and that's the the both the upside and the downside of your division rivals. Um, But uh, you know, the Raiders uh, really could be pretty scary. If Derek Carr has a good year, if they, if he can be a, a, as good as he was last year, they're going to be a team to watch. I don't think they're going to be contending well, to win one, the AFC West. But one thing I can give the Raiders about Derek Carr is this this way that he's playing early in the season, where he mm-hmm. is fearless and throwing the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. In past years, he's played two games like that against the Chiefs, and so yeah. I've always said if he could just play like that against the rest of the league, the Raiders right. would, have a, would have a lot better of an opportunity, and he's doing that for once. I disagree completely on the Broncos. The Broncos, our power rankings are going to come out. They've played the three worst teams in the league. Giants, Jaguars, Jets. They're the, those are the three worst teams in the mm-hmm. NFL. I don't know how yeah. they got this golden schedule. Yeah. They're about to get the Ravens, the Steelers, the Raiders, the Browns. Washington has been shaky, but then they're, they're, they get the Cowboys. So that's five of six games that could very easily be losses for the Denver Broncos. So So their toughest part of the season is the second five games instead of the first five games. The first three games have just, I mean, yeah. Yeah. If the chiefs had ever lost to those, one of those three teams. Okay. I I'm with you. Let's panic the giants, (laughs) the Jaguars or the jets at this point, you can't do it. And so the Broncos uh, have had that kind of play into their hands a little bit there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good stuff from Out of Structure and the Editor's Show, if I do say so myself. Now we continue on with the guys from the Great British Chief Show. Let's take a look at these Philadelphia Eagles. All right, then. Should we, uh, should we look, at the, look, look forward? Let's put it all behind us again and look forward. Week four against the Eagles and Andy Reid's old stomping ground. Mm-hmm. Can the Chiefs finally overturn something here and, 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 and go on a 50-burger run? Because I'm, I'm convinced that the Chiefs are going to go lights out, balling out in this game. But you said to me 
you weren't that convinced that Andy Reid would do that against his old team. No, I, I think the Chiefs will go out and score a lot of points, but this idea of the Chiefs having to go out and beat the Eagles and score 50 points is just ridiculous. Like if they have to score 50 points to win the game, like in a Ram style match, then 100% Andy Reid will keep the foot on the gas and oh, I just said gas accelerator. And, uh, <laughs> Don't talk about petrol around here, Tom. <laughs> yeah, not today. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. We'll just keep, keep the hammer down and their score points. But if the Chiefs are winning this game comfortably, there's no way, no way that Andy Reid runs up the score against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He just has too much respect for that city. And I just can't see it. if the Chiefs are winning like 35 to 17 with the, in the fourth quarter, there's just, I just can't see him say, right, go on, Pat, keep going. <laughs> just uh, really, you can't him. see it like, I just can't see it happening. Finish at all. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little man in the no, corner I... pops up and goes, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can absolutely see it. I really can. I think, I think Andy Reid's probably just, he's been, probably had a bit of time to chill out while he's been laid out on his hospital bed, drawing up players. And he's just thought, you know what? Let's just go for it. And 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 clearly, Patrick Mahomes has said that in the uh, the press conference as well. That you know, this is the time now where they just think, right, the back's against the wall. We've just got to go for this now. And I just think, what a perfect way to make a statement against your old team. Slap a fifty burger on it. Perfect, perfect way to make a statement. Statement than beating an NFC East team. Wow, what a yes. statement to be made! But saying yes. that, saying that, we're sitting here saying, and we're congratulating the Bills for how well they've been playing recently, and they just went into Washington and absolutely destroyed that NFC East team. So yeah, why mm. not? But I, I, I still reckon that Andy Reid will probably play cards close to his chest if the Chiefs manage to get a big lead. As if it's required, they will absolutely score points on the Chiefs. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Chiefs are right. Let's let's go out there. Let's show the world what this offence is capable of. Don't you sleep on the Kansas City Chiefs because on our day, we are the best offence in the league. So maybe, yeah, just maybe... McCall Hardman goes off for 200 yards. Demarcus Robinson goes, Josh Gordon, you're not having my spot in this offense. <laughs> and he goes off for 100 yards. Maybe, maybe Tyreek Hill can just sit down and chill out whilst watching Byron Bringle go for 50 and <laughs> Jerry Fountain go for 75 yards. Maybe, just maybe, maybe Clyde edwards doesn't fumble the football. Maybe Clyde yeah. edwards runs for 150 yards. Maybe Trey Smith pancakes every single Philadelphia Eagle that he can. Maybe oh, I'd love to see that. The yeah. Chiefs go out and put on an offensive show. Maybe Patrick Mahomes completes a no-look pass. Maybe Patrick Mahomes <laughs> catches a pass. Who knows? Catches his own, catches his own pass? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'd, I'd like to see that for sure. Um, is, is there anything that, um, that you think the Eagles can bring and slow down this offense? Or do you think that this Eagles team is just or the defensive side, should we say, is is not really something to really worry about in this game. I can't name a single Philadelphia Eagle defender that's going to play on Sunday. Analysis, mate. That's brilliant. I love it. That <laughs> <laughs> Graham, didn't they? But he's injured. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad, isn't it? Like it is bad. It is bad, mate. <laughs> I, I, I must admit, that... when, I, when I was asking that question, I was thinking, <laughs> God, I, I I don't even know this. I'm asking Tom this. I'm throwing him under the bus here. <laughs> it's, it's, bad, isn't it? yeah, it's bad isn't it that we're sitting here going oh 
you should all listen to this podcast. But when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, we know absolutely nothing. Like I've got, yeah. I've got to do five questions of Bleeding Green Nation on Sunday, uh, on Thursday. <laughs> so I need to do some research before I get into that one. Um, do I think the Eagles can stop the Chiefs? Um, no, no, I don't. Know. <laughs> really not. The only team stopping the Chiefs at the moment are the Chiefs, and um, yeah. I might know, I might not know any of their players, but no one's sitting here saying the Eagles are this worldy defence that can stop any offence and the Chargers couldn't do it the Ravens couldn't do it so no I don't think the Eagles can do it now if we're going to talk about the other side of the ball do I think the Eagles can score points on the Chiefs absolutely absolutely (laughs) they can yes they can like Jalen Hurts isn't he's not playing great but he's not playing terribly either but he's a mobile quarterback a quarterback Mobile quarterbacks should be able to beat this offense, uh, beat this Chiefs defense because over four four downs, this Chiefs defense is is just not great. It, yeah. it, like the average yards per play for opposing offense is is far too high. If they want a first down, they are getting them at will. It seems like so. If I'm the Eagles, I'm going to go with the tactic that the Ravens have gone with, the Browns have gone with, the Chargers have gone with. Just go for on it. Go for every single uh, play they can, every fourth down. Keep your punters, keep your kickers off the field, and just try and play fight fire with fire. And if you manage to create a couple of turnovers on the Chiefs, uh, on the Chiefs, then 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 even better. I've just been looking at their QB room, and they've got Jalen Hurts, obviously Joe mm-hmm. Flacco, Ooh. and Gardner Minshew, the Tash. Gardner Minshew. The Steelers should have gone for Gardner Minshew, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should have, shouldn't they? They really should have. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm so funny. It's so funny that they haven't as well. And let's talk about the other Pennsylvania team whilst we're here, shall we? Yeah. But the Steelers are bad. They are so, so bad. Ben Roethlisberger needs to retire today. Like, I thought he did on that play. <laughs> See that play where, he, where, yeah. he, where he, it, there was nobody around him and he threw this ball. I thought, what, did he lose his walking stick or something? <laughs> it just fell over Oh, just like as soon as like you saw like the enactors for the Steelers on Sunday, you were like, "Well, okay, the Bengals are going to win this game." <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like, no chance. Like he's just such a bad team. But yeah, Gardner Minshew, Minshew mania. Yeah, that that could be fun. Like, uh, do you reckon Jalen Hurts is the guy in Philly? Do you think they oh, feel like he's the guy? I don't think they're com- convinced totally yet. Um, it's it's almost like a tour situation for me. Yeah. They're that. not completely like the Dolphins were never really kind of convinced on two. I know they actually, I know they they drafted him and they threw him in there, um, but they're still not convinced on him. And I think if they could trade him away, they would do. And I think Jalen Hurts is almost in that kind of category at the minute. He's in the two category for me. Yeah, that's fair analysis. Yeah, it's good analysis that Brad. Eh? <laughs> no, I, no, I, I agree <laughs> with you. I feel like yeah. they could if they're in a position like this time next year and. Uh, I don't know. Let's say they go really bad for the rest of the year and they end up with a number one pick and Spencer Rattler's sitting there. I I've, I can absolutely see a situation where like the Cardinals went with and they, they scrap their first round pick and go for yeah. another one. I, I, I can definitely see that situation. I, I like Hurts. I think he's exciting. Mm. But do I see him as the, the, French, uh, the franchise quarterback of the future for the Eagles? Probably not. Do I see him as a starting quarterback in five, six years' time? Probably not. There's so many quarterbacks coming out of college at the moment, like every yeah. year. Like, look at the amount of first round quarterbacks that are coming out of college every year. Like, they can't possibly be room for all of them. Not all of these guys are going to be franchise quarterbacks. And I, I feel like, like Tua, I, I feel like Jalen Hurts is probably in that category as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, is there anybody else on the offensive side that you think? Yeah, they could they could cause us a bit of a problem, especially with this defensive uh, de- defensive scheme that we've got at the minute. I'd like to say Miles Sanders, but they're not running the football. I think they had no, they're not. Three, <laughs> they three running attempts against the the Cowboys. Like, like there's us saying like fight fire with fire and air the ball out against the Chiefs. If the cow if the Eagles go what they did on on Sunday on Monday against the Cowboys, and yeah, yeah. you can do so. I can't say Miles Sanders like. Like, it's a shame because I like watching that offensive line work for the Eagles. Um, like, yeah. I, I still enjoy watching Jason Kelsey for what he's in, in a, able to do at his age and in being Travis's brother. Yeah, for sure. I like watching Travis, uh, Jason Kelsey play. But outside of that, no, there's, there's like, who can I yeah. point out? I, I think you're right. I think Zach looking Burns? at the Eagles, they, they, they almost don't seem to have uh Anything there that really can be the Chiefs' kryptonite, which has been in the last few games, you know, where the running games has been very difficult for the Chiefs. That's been their kryptonite. But this Eagles team doesn't seem to have that. They're almost kind of not even matched up to the Chiefs. That's what it yeah. feels like. Um, so I think I think you're right. I think there's there's nothing really that's blown me away, I think, in this game from the Eagles side of things. I mean, th- this is the by only the way, player- this podcast is definitely being snippeted and put together on an Eagles fan page if we lose this. <laughs> <laughs> if we lose this There's game, nothing they all can these do. Defensive superstars of the Eagles come out and like, yeah, do you know who we are? And um, it's going to be all over no. the fan for them. <laughs> it's good. All right, as we do every week, when the Chiefs have the ball, uh, as they face the Eagles this week, who they better beat. When the Chiefs have the ball, let's let's jump into this. Like, and I think you kick it off right there. They should be fine overall. It really should be fine. They have been fine. They're averaging over 30 points a game. They've still been one of the best offenses, top six in the league in yards. They've just shot themselves in the – I mean, they literally turned the gun on themselves over and over again and shot themselves in the foot, many of the turnovers being in scoring range, either in the red zone or in field goal range. They've shot themselves in the foot. They've got it. These turnovers, they've got to stop, or they would be 3-0 and right now. They, right now on the year, are fifth in points scored. They're sixth in total yards. They are averaging seven yards per play. They have 25 first downs per game. Like, everything about what we're watching right now screams, the Chiefs' offense has been really good. Unfortunately, there's those six turnovers. And more specifically, the four straight drives between the Ravens game and then last week against the Chargers, four straight drives ended in a turnover, and five out of six drives ended in a turnover. That's what's got to get corrected. And the reason why I'm still really high on the Chiefs offense overall is because those are fluky. I I don't think you're going to see the rest of the season Clyde Edwards-Hilaire consistently turning the football over. I don't think you're going to see on the season Patrick Mahomes finish with like 20 interceptions on the year, which is what he's on pace for right now. That is not what Patrick Mahomes does. He has been a little bit lackadaisical with the football. He's made at at least two plays that I think if you asked him afterwards, he would say to himself, yeah, I was trying to do too much there. The, the pass that he did to, or threw to Marcus Kemp, or he was on Marcus. It's on both. Uh, Marcus should have caught it. Marcus should have caught it. Also Patrick Mahomes. There's no reason to no look there. And it was a bad ball. It was a bad ball. It was behind him. It was up high, and it was a wide-open throw. You got to make that throw. And if you're Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the world, I'm going to judge you based on the fact that you're the best quarterback in the world, and it was unnecessary. It resulted in a turnover. You got to be better in that spot. I don't think he's going to make those kinds of mistakes consistently this year. And therefore, 
I think the offense is going to be fine. And I think it starts this week against a Philadelphia defense that has been taken advantage of by just about everybody. I think this is a get right game for your offense. Well, the thing is, is the, the issue is the turnovers and it's very fixable if they care to fix it. If, if they care to come in and be serious about it and, and, and have some focus uh, about this, because you're right, I stand corrected. I, 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 90% I've always thought was on Marcus Kemp. But, yeah, Pat, there's no reason to no look. It, it's just it's silly, and it's you're above that. Like, come on, man, you can look at him. No reason. There was nobody around to look off. There was nobody around him. Just throw the ball to him so he knows you're going to throw it to him. All right. Now, now Marcus should have caught it. It hit you in not just one hand, but two of them. So he 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 should have caught it. But the last one was just absolutely pathetic. I mean, uh, and and as you said, I judge him as the best in the game. I mean, once again, two weeks in a row, he felt the need to do Jameis Winston, and Jameis didn't even do Jameis stuff. Well, hell, actually, he did. He just got away with it, and, and the guy caught it in the yeah. end zone. But but he just he just did Jameis stuff, and he's doing Jameis stuff in the fourth quarter. And that and that's inexcusable two weeks in a row. So, yes, it's very fixable. But if they want to. That's my thing. And, and, and they need they need to go ahead and say, all right, we're going to focus on that because the lack of the lackadaisical play and the decisions they're making when the game's on the line is just it's it's just inexcusable and beneath a team at the level and the games that they have played in before to make those decisions. So it, it should be a good right game. And they need to clean up these turnovers because that is the biggest bugaboo for them. Or I don't, I, I don't know how, how much of we'd be sitting here in desperation to go get Josh Gordon averaging 35, 36 points a game, uh, which they should have been if they would have just scored uh, or if they would have just held on to the football last week against the Chargers. So uh, the biggest thing is I'm with you. It's very, very fixable. But, th- but they need to start showing some signs that they're okay with fixing it. Yeah, and I think a, a long a long portion of this is going to go to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, whether that's in the passing game or in the running game. He looked really good last week, Ron, and I know you noticed the same thing. I thought it was one of his best games that we've seen in his Chiefs career. I think it was that and the Bills game. And I think you could make a case that last week was actually more impressive because the Bills were without a vast majority of their starting defensive line in that game last year. It was just a weird game overall as well because the COVID stuff and everything that was taking place. I think you could make a case last week was his best game as a chief. And I expect him to continue doing more of the same going into this one against Philadelphia because the Eagles have not been good against opposing running backs. Last week, they got absolutely shredded by the Dallas Cowboys. The Chiefs offensive line is legitimately good. And they've got some some ass kickers up front who should get after it in the running game. And I think Clyde's in for another big week this week in the in the running game for sure. But I hope more so in the passing game as well. No, I that's the big that's the other key to me when the Chiefs have the ball, as you just talked about it, is Clyde. I I thought he was I thought it was his best game since Buffalo. That's what I was going to say. And um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that he's not involved in the passing game more. He caught two balls for nine yards, and he took one for a touchdown. Like, he's more than a screen throw running back. I, I, I watched him in LSU uh, and, and even a little bit last year where he's capable of doing more than just catching screens or swing passes, and they got to get him more involved. But I like the way he bounced back after that rough turnover, and he ran the ball hard. I mean, he ran it hard, and even the turnover he had, which was costly, 
but it was at least his was trying to get extra yards, bouncing and spinning off of people, one of his best runs, and then he, he fumbled it. But it didn't stop him. He continued to come back and wasn't tentative the next time he got the ball. So I think I think he was uh, he's a big key in this game, and I love the way – and hopefully this is him jump-starting uh, a continuance of, of what he did last week. And they should take advantage of the Eagles. We talked about how you'll – enter this production meeting on Friday where you get to have these conversations, intimate conversations with the chiefs and coaching staff. And we know about the Andy Reid storyline. What else really interests you from a, a chief's perspective? I think Pete, it's, it's how do you toe the line offensively between aggressiveness and embracing all that makes Patrick Mahomes special, Kelsey special, just that whole unit, Tyreek Hill with also not being reckless. And that's something we've touched on doing games over the last couple of years. And they've done such a good job of, of, of towing that line. And look, fumbles to me are a little bit different than interceptions. But just as you now sit at one and two in the division doing what it's done based off of the way Las Vegas is playing, Denver's playing, you don't want this – offense gripping the wheel too tight if you will mm -hmm. but there needs to be an acknowledgement that we need to get back to the basics and and maybe playing a little bit more on schedule so getting a sense from Patrick and from Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, Travis Kelsey those guys when we speak with them I, I kind of I'm curious what terminology they'll use or, or yeah. how they'll characterize it because I do know that they really value what they have as they should but there has to be an acknowledgement that it kind of gotten away from us the last couple of weeks one of the storylines that's a little kansas city specific at this point and i've i think we've seen it now the first three weeks of the season is any time an opposing team on offense gets past the 50 yard line they're going to go for it on fourth down do you sense this becoming a trend what do you make of this phenomenon that is just teams going uber aggressive against the chiefs yeah, I feel like uh, our crew, and this would have been three years ago, saw it the first time. It was when Baltimore came in there right. uh, in Kansas City and was just going for it on every fourth down, going for two. I mean, some of the math it felt wonky in the moment, but then when you went back, and uh, I'm not huge on the analytics just because math makes my brain hurt, but I do trust <laughs> that it, it's an we, important. We're the same. We're in the same boat. <laughs> on that. Yeah. It's an important aspect to the game, so I, I'm not uh, downplaying it, but – I think Kansas City is well aware that that's just part of their their life every Sunday. And while I'm sure it's something they plan for because they plan for everything, I'm not a believer that it really impacts the way they play offensively. Now, defensively, and I know Steve Spagnuolo spoke to this on Monday, they need to probably prioritize more time and practice with those fourth down situations, those short yardage situations and maybe even longer yardage situations in terms of fourth down defense because teams are going to maybe go for it on fourth and four, fourth and six in areas of the field that conventionally it's not the case. So that's really the only area I would think it would make, it would require um, tangible change, if you will, if you're Kansas City. It was, it was the game where I remember specifically afterwards it became apparent that teams are going to play Kansas City differently, and and Baltimore was, I think, at the forefront of that. And then did it again the following or the this uh, past Sunday, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Say the cliche, the copycat league. We we hear it on every every single show.